You are listening to a previously recorded episode of Stager Talk with Risa's CEO, Shell Broadnax. The secrets in the stage, the stager really has the opportunity to build the foundation of these investors' businesses. I mean, that's that's huge. That's something that can really propel these investors to um, some long-term success. So there's going to be multiple streams of revenue. There's going to be a lot of furniture that are sitting there in the field and making me passive income. Hey everybody, Shaw Broadnax here with another episode of Stager Talk. And I am super stoked today because I have the one and the only Tammy Cunningham from Kelowna, 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 how do you pronounce it? Kelowna. Kelowna. See, I had to just jack it up and make it so different. Kelowna, British Columbia. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I am super stoked uh, to talk to you this year as anytime I'm I get to talk to you. It's always a good conversation. But this year, what you got going on in the awards department, girl? I see a full trifecta here. Yeah, you know what? We um, we did pretty well this year, and I uh, thanks to you. Um, this is something we work really hard for every year, and uh, I think I mentioned to you before. Um, we pretty much base our everyday workload on what is this going to look like for the Risa Awards. Um, yeah making sure we get good befores and, and, uh, and equally good afters. And, uh, you know, and then we spend a whole bunch of time just trying to make sure that we're working towards this. So it's been a long time coming. We've been going to Risa for, I don't even know, eight, eight years or so. And so we've had uh, lots of exciting times, lots of things to learn from, from the Risa convention. It's just been phenomenal. And like I said, you guys give us the get up and go every day. Yeah. So we've got professional stager occupied Canada top 10. Uh, vacant staging category top 10 and luxury vacant top 10. Yes, yes. Um, well, luxury is most certainly our favorite thing to do. Um, we are always um, very excited to have any part of the occupied because it's the, the one area where I always feel we can do a little bit better. Um, working with other people's things kind of scares me sometimes, right? Just touching their stuff, moving their things around and making sure that they're comfortable in their own home. Um, but the vacant and the luxury vacant, we, that's where we thrive. That's what we love. We just get to start over and bring everything we need and, and, uh, you know, make it right just for the home rather than for the people who live there. Yeah. You know, I like what you said to backtrack a little bit about how you throughout the whole year, you think about the Risa words. And I think that's important for anybody that's listening, um, because the biggest thing that happens is that people, it's the pictures, because right now the awards rules, when you look at the overall concept of awards, you really want to show a good before and a good after. Well, if the before has a bunch of junk in it and crap everywhere, yes. It doesn't make for a good example, especially when we're trying to raise the bar, raise the standards in an industry. So a lot of people get really upset if they get disqualified. I mean, the awards committee and the board of directors has really this year, they really pulled the hammer down on no, no more garbage in the before room. No, not, you just can't do it. And it made such a huge difference. It really does. You know, um, it, it's funny because the rules changed a little bit this year from, say, previous years. Yep. And uh, so we've had this funny little thing happen with all of our before photos is every single one of them have our camera bag in the photo, which is just kind of funny. It's just sort of it's there. We take our camera out and we start taking photos. So we had to really be selective. And we didn't even put our favorite photos in this year because it's like that darn camera bag was in everyone. Yeah. So 
Yeah. It oh, makes a difference. Awesome. It's kind of a, it's a pain, but I always, I'm telling stagers, take your before, if you miss your before photos, when you destage, you're there, it's empty. Take the shots there from all the angles of the room. It's probably it. a little bit cleaner and all that stuff too, but you yeah. get two opportunities to take the before photos and people kind of skip over that part where it's like, Hey, when you destage it, that's a good opportunity to take some good photos as well. And that is exactly what we did this year. So we've not, we've not done that in the past, but because we had to you know, clean it up a little bit and get some fours. We just happened to have a couple of houses still staged. We were able to take everything out, get our photos. So that helped out a great deal too. So, and I know with your team as well, over the years, there were years where you got DQ'd for, for some things for not meeting the rules. And I know a lot of people that happens, but what I love about your team is that you're so many people, like they get DQ'd once and they're like, I, I, I'm not going to do it. And it's like, why? why you just didn't read the rules read them next time comply and guess what happens you get a trifecta of words that start happening and i find well, that too, that when people you know if they don't make the top dent to come back and try again and keep trying yeah. and i've seen that with your company and the last few years you guys have dominated well we uh like i said we take a great pride in our work we work we work oh so hard um we're we're really picky uh we like everything just so um, and, you know, there was a time there where the difference between redesign and occupied staging was a bit confusing. Um, they both sort of sounded the same um, when we were reading the rules. And, and so we kind of all sat and read through it. So I think that's the one that you're talking about. We, you know, we were kind of, you know, going, we have to kind of make sure we understand the difference. I mean, we understand the difference between occupied and redesign, but oftentimes they kind of blend. Um, and again, that's, those are the projects we, uh, we don't take as much pride in. So it's a matter of kind of finding the right photos and making yeah. sure we have enough to um, send. And, and get, don't get me wrong, we don't not take pride in those. We certainly do, but we just get a little more excited about, uh, you know, the, the vacant homes just because. Yeah, for sure. Starting a lot more freedom with them. And just so anybody that's listening, the difference between the redesign and the occupied is that occupied staging is when it's for sale. Redesign is not for sale. Right. Right. That's, that's yeah. the deciding factor. One's for sale and one is for living. They just need an upgrade. And in reality, you know, that we talk about how things change over the years. We always look at everything it is that we do. It's, you know, you do that autopsy, what went well, what didn't go well, what are you going to do different next time? Yeah. So we take the feedback and we tweet things over the years. And I mean, when we first started this, we had um, paper ballots for voting that were mailed in Oh, with just a number assigned to somebody. I mean, it was like all top secret. Got to wait for mail, mail. And it was like, it was pretty cool. And people, yeah. this is before I even knew how to create a PDF. It was so long ago. And, um, but they were PDF submissions. And then it turned into, you know, people have an unfair advantage, maybe unfair advantage because they know how to create a marketing piece where other people didn't know how to do it. So we've tweaked things over the years. And even back in original concept of a redesign was like one day decorating. It was actually something that um, came about through uh, Joanne Lenart Weary's work. A lot of her work, way, we're talking 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, and redesign was coming about and it was like a one day decorating concept, just using exactly what your clients have yes. and, and nothing else. Yeah. But with the awards, the occupied category has changed now because 20 years ago, that's exactly what it was because yeah. there wasn't court furniture rental there. People weren't buying accessories. Nobody was buying wholesale. Those opportunities were just not available to stagers. Okay. So even with that category, it used to be just use what the client has 
Yeah. And now it's turned into, you know what, that's not reality. That's not what's happening anymore. They're right. augmented staging. So we have that blended effect, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah. And it just makes for such a better example of staging. It really does. It really does. Because oftentimes, you know, if you're being called in for those, you know, uh, um, redesigns, um, it's because what they've got isn't working. So exactly what you said, just adding those few little changes, maybe little art or a few throw pillows or just you know I mean, something that you bring in because sometimes just working with them you know to be honest it would never be a picture that I would post on my website you know what I mean so even though we do offer that service to be able to post a picture that's still with some of their things that maybe not visually appear appealing that's where the difference and I think that is again why we like the the vacant is just because we're always excited to post those or show people those or you know put it on our Instagram or something like that but a redesign yeah. Is, is so effective, so, so effective. It's just a little harder with the pictures. Yeah. It's really rewarding to, to see the after effects. Oh, you know, that's what I love about, like with what we, what, with what I do, it's like, I like creating something and then seeing it grow and yeah. seeing other people appreciate it and do something. So with your guys' work, you get your turnover for creating new and the impact that you make, you do that daily for here at Risa HQ. It can, man, it can take years to create a program and to put it out so much work behind everything. Yeah. But I, I can just only imagine the daily rewards of a job well done when you're looking at that stage at the end of the day going, yeah, we nailed this one. Oh, I, you know, absolutely. It's exciting. Cause you know, I think um, doing the business I've always wanted to do, right. This is just something that, you know, you love. Now, it's not to say that I don't have bad days and, you know, you have uh, projects that don't go sideways or you've, you know, lifted something a little too heavy and you pay for it the next day. I mean, those are realities, but I don't think that there is, um, I don't know, I can't think of a single job out there that doesn't have the not so perfect day. I keep looking at this like ray of sunlight (laughs) backing away. Um, But I think like I'm really doing absolutely um, everything I love with people I love. You know, my staff have been with me for a really long time and, you know, uh, we don't get to have fun every day at work, but we definitely try to have fun. Um, You know, how many people do you have on your team now? Uh, Right now, there's just four of us. Uh, So we we shrunk a tiny bit and uh, uh, we're doing things a little more efficiently now. So we don't need as many bodies, but yeah, four and then our movers. So we've got uh, two movers and we outsource those. See, you know, efficiencies and downsizing when staff, it's not a bad thing. If you can reduce your overhead, you know, your payroll expenses, and you can create more efficiencies to be able to take that work, eliminate things that maybe you don't even need anymore and reassign things to team members. I know here we, every year it's like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to get rid of? What are you doing now that you hate and see, can we swap out? Yes. Super, super effective. in order to do a good job, you have to have great product. You have to have great, you know, projects and things like that. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that, you know, I was talking with you about, or one of the things I wanted to discuss is how we've changed. I mean, COVID really did a number on us. Um, we honestly, I've been in business for, um, well, since 2006 and help me with math. So, you know, we've been doing this a really long time and every year production went up, money went up, you know, more items, able to buy better quality products, um, making our stuff look better. When I started out, I think, oh my gosh, half of our stuff had a chip or a dent or a missing leg that we had to prop up in some way. And now our stuff is, is, you know, able to be elevated and then hopefully still to go up a little higher. But, um, 
after COVID, I had so much inventory and my warehouse was so full. We ended up just selling off everything and sadly selling it off for less than it was worth. And then all of a sudden there's this whole recovery period. Okay, wait, we're back to work. Everything's back up and coming and Oh wait, I have no product. Oh wait, I can't get product. Um, things take really long to come in. They arrive damaged. Um, not at the time promised. So it became really difficult after selling off all this inventory. So, and, and now of course, everything costs more money. Uh, the same sofa that I could get last year for $600 is now $1,200. It's literally a hundred percent increase. So I um, had this uh, disagreement with the staff. They're like, we got to raise our rates. And I'm like, no, no, we got to keep working. We just, we got to keep sending out these quotes and getting them. And they're like, no, no, we got to raise our rates. And they were right. We had to raise our rates. So uh, I think literally um, we started off with a 25% increase in, in our fees. And I'm going, oh, we're not going to get the jobs. We're not going to get the jobs. And guess what? But you got the jobs. <laughs> we keep yeah. getting the jobs. And then so we've raised a little bit more because in order to recover from all that loss, we've had to kind of pick it up. So we've been spending a lot more money, but we're well on track to get right back to where we were with our rate increases and, you know, products starting to come in again and, and prices are still up there, but it's given us a little bit of a learning curve. I truly thought I was invincible for, you know, 14 years. I've never had to really worry about anything. It just yeah. kept making money. So, yeah. well, that's awesome that you, that you were brave enough to do it. I tell people all the time and it's, it's just a known thing in, in any type of industry, service level industry like this, is that when things are in a little bit of a recession or things are going bad, raise your rates. Yeah. Raise your rates. It's the scariest yeah. thing to do. And it's counterintuitive to what you would think naturally, but it's not what you would gravitate towards. That's right. It's what works and it, and it boosts your recovery. It makes it a lot shorter time frame. It really does. And I think that your own worst enemy is you, right? It was me. It was me saying, no, we can't do it. We're not going to, I'd rather keep my staff working every day, all day long. And my account just looked at me and went, okay, so you'd rather work twice as hard for no money than getting every other job for more money. And I was like, don't say it like that. Cause that just makes me look bad. So, you know, it, it, oh, it you surround yourself with those people too, Tammy. I, I feel your pain. Let yes. me tell you. We, we have a here at HQ. Um, I get outvoted and out talked more times than not by my team. But here's the thing the way I look at it it's like if we I look at something that has to do with the creative aspect, promoting anything Risa related, we pay Felicia for a job. I'm paying her for her expertise and her brain. Who the hell am I to argue with this woman? If she's saying, Shell, it needs to be these colors. It needs to be this. I want to do this. Who am I to sit here and say, no, I think it be, should be something completely different. Because um, I don't have to like it. There's been times they put out, you know, outward um, facing marketing collateral that I, I'm just not attracted to it. It's just not my jam. It's not my vibe. I don't have to like it for it to go out because it was, I pay her for it. I'd yeah. be wasting my money if I didn't take advantage of her brain. So bravo to oh, you. I, we you got surround ourselves by those people that aren't afraid to stand up. And that's right. That's yeah. right. I mean, you hire people who are good. I remember in the early days, you know, when I was even doing my own bookkeeping, accounting and billing as soon as I, and I was terrible at it. I constantly give people discounts and I just like doing it so much. Let me do it for free. It was so good. <laughs> you know, it, it was so ridiculous. And then all of a sudden you hire somebody who can actually collect money 
collects the appropriate amount of money, doesn't work. All, they're doing their job oh so much better than me. I can decorate. I know I can. I'm yeah. really good at that. Running a business is hard. And, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm almost too nice to run a business. That's, that's the sad reality. And I'm, I'm putting my big girl pants on and I'm learning every day. And I think after whatever it's been 16 years in business or whatever, I, you know, I, I learn every day, every, every single day. day. And my staff oh. teach me things every day. <laughs> so that's how we grow. That's how we keep it moving. It's, you know, it's one of those things that eventually one day you, you're going to want an exit strategy. And you yes. want what you've built to survive you a lot of times. Sometimes we don't, we just want to shut it down. But what an amazing asset it is that you're building for yourself because one day you will want an exit strategy. Yes. We can, you, stagers, you can only schlep sofas for so long. And uh, it just, you just might want to do something different. And then yeah. you have opportunity to be able to take that as an asset. Yeah. And uh, to be able to, not only did it provide for you in the building, but it can provide you for you after the fact when you sell your business. That's exactly it. I mean, um, I had someone tell me once that, uh, let me see if I get this right. Um, there's, there's the difference between being self-employed and being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Anybody can be self-employed um, and, and anybody can run a business. Um, you become an entrepreneur when somebody else can run your business and your business is saleable. Someone else can step in yeah. and take over where you left off. And I think that was just really valuable advice because um, yeah, um, you know, most designers, they are the company. They are, they are successful because they're really good at their job, yeah. but their business may not be saleable. Not anybody could step into that position and just take over and, and take over and do the exact same work and have the same clients that have liked that designer style. Um, staging is different. It's a saleable business. Yeah. You have inventory, you have stuff, you have people who run it without you. So yeah, that's a, that's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah, it's definitely a big deal. I, I Staging businesses have come so far. I've been in this industry now for 20 years. February was my 20th anniversary in this industry. Wow. And back in the day when stagers were going to hang it up, it was Craigslist, garage sales, just liquidate your inventory and shutting it down. Yeah. And now people are realizing, wait a minute, I've been working at this for X amount of years. I'm building an asset. Yeah. And now we're seeing business valuations and companies being sold for lots of money. And it's great because if you find the right buyer, it can succeed. What's scary sometimes is a new buyer can come in and they can tank it really quick. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, there's, there's so many things in life that we learn along the way. Right. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting though. It's an exciting thing. It's an exciting career. And I, I, I can't imagine not loving my job and right. it is quite fantastic to be in an industry and you know what, um, being self-employed and being an owner, you don't get those like, I don't know, Christmas perks where, you know, someone's going to a Christmas office party. You, you make your own, right? You make your own fun. So um, I, I have to say, so Risa offers that reward for me. Do you know what I mean? That that power of getting that little pat on the back that we all need so very much, right? Everybody just needs a little bit of, you're doing a good job. You're doing okay. So yeah, I never looked at it that way, but you're right. Because when you are the person driving the bus, yeah. There ain't nobody slowing you down and saying, Hey sis, you're doing a fantastic job. Right. It's just, they come far and few between, but you hear all the critiques. Yes. Somebody wasn't happy with something or whatever. 
and those pile up. And then when you get an award, it is like, you know what? I did all right. That's exactly it. Yeah. And that's what it is for us. So thank you. Thank you to all of you. It's well-earned, well-earned, I will tell you that. So if anybody would like to look at uh, the Industry Awards, just go to homestagingindustryawards.com and you can look in uh, the Canadian categories. You will see Tammy in nearly every single one of them. Um, <laughs> and you can look at everybody else's uh, photos as well. Anything else new, exciting coming up on the horizon? Oh, gosh, no, I am counting the days. Uh, there's that sunshine again. I am counting the days down to the next Risa. Uh, that, that's my that's my exciting, exciting thing that we look forward to every year. And, um, you know, other than, uh, you know, eventually trying to plan that exit strategy to live uh, really close to the beach and, and get a really dark tan. I think uh, I think I'm just happy doing what I'm doing every day. There you go. And I will keep uh, scooping horse poop and feeding horses and getting dirty on the weekends because somebody's got to do it. That warms the cockles of my cold, dead heart, Tammy. Let me tell you, I'm living my dream right now. So I love it when, especially women of a certain age, um, we still have value and we still, we're bringing stuff to the table and we're like in our prime rocking it. And Work-life balance, man. I've learned work-life balance in the last three years, and I wish I had it for the last 30 years, and I just didn't. I didn't. Anybody who's watching this who's of the younger generation, if you are in your 20s, you are in your 30s, you are in your 40s, please figure out work-life balance now. Don't wait until you're in your late 40s before you start saying, you know what? I'm going to kill people if I don't have work-life balance. (laughs) I think that's about right. Yep. (laughs) Work on it now. Find something you're passionate about and balance yourself out. Because when you do that, your business thrives. Anything you're doing on on the career is going to thrive once you take a break for yourself. So, Well said. There you have it. All right, Tammy, it's always so great to speak to you. Congratulations again on all your successes. And I will see you next year at RisaCon. Everybody else, until next time, happy staging. Thank you so much, Sean. Bye, everybody.